Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Lieber. the podcast where we have no idea what's going to happen and unfortunately that doesn't scare us any more than it already does it should scare you i know it doesn't scare my co-host who just says let us tread where angels fear james the exploding unicorn breakwell and james we had about seven seconds to prepare for this (laughs) show so how are you doing today i used every one of those seconds wisely so i'm ready to go i feel great (laughs) Feel great. Okay. Now we had to come up with a topic on the fly because we do have a topic de jour every week. And this is Olivas's topic based on Breakwell's newsletter, which pretty much defines the history of our relationship. <laughs> you know, I can't expect you to come up with ideas on your own, but if you want to <laughs> steal ideas from something I've already written, that, that's kind of par for the course. I'm used to it. All right. Well, I, I think you're the one that typically introduces what we're going to talk about. And uh, I will say there was one, somebody uh, got in touch with you and me from last week to talk about how disgusting popcorn balls are and Halloween candy. So, James, we actually made an impact on a listener. I, we, we, it was a visceral response she had. I don't recall being contacted. She might have just contacted you, or maybe I'm a terrible person and missed her communication or his communication. If so, I apologize. What was this impact? I, I got to hear this. Well, uh, it was one of those that started, I listened to your podcast this week, and I thought, I should probably delete this before going any (laughs) further, but (laughs) James is always tickled to hear about people yelling at me online. But she said, I just had to say, I had a a reaction to talking about those popcorn balls, because they are the most disgusting things to ever get put into a Halloween bag. And I thought, ah, Usually when you and I have an impact on women that gets them down to their core, it's not because of what we talk about. It's because of what we are. So I was glad. (laughs) So I I guess usually we're the ones who discuss them, but every once in a while they and us are disgusted by the same thing. So good for us. We're we're on the right side of history this time, I think. So she didn't give me permission to say her name, so I will not. But she did say she wrote to you on Facebook, and I don't know if those get through to you or not. She wrote to me on Twitter. Yeah, if it, it depends. If it's like under a post, I often don't read those because the Facebook comments kind of scare me. But if it's a if it's a direct message sent to me, I usually see it eventually. So it's in there. Uh, but for this week, I think you ought to be to introduce the topic like four minutes ago, and I just totally whiffed on that cue. But what we're going to talk about today, based on that newsletter from before, and decided literally seven <laughs> seconds before we started recording today, yep. Yep. is what's the sickest we've ever been? Uh, my family recently had a situation with a certain disease that's bouncing around here lately and that inspired Steve to go uh, to go and run with this topic so you clearly have a story you want to tell so I'm curious and a little apprehensive Um, I've already heard your frozen pea stories I don't know where you can possibly go from there but uh, but go ahead first of all it was a frozen dog poop story so no 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 I meant like frozen peas like you're You've had so many medical emergencies, you can't even keep track. (laughs) Yeah, 
I, you may have been one of the only ones privy to that moment in my life. So, <laughs> I'm pretty you sure you that. live tweeted that entire thing. Like there was no privacy there whatsoever. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I got my genital mutilation surgery and uh, had to put the peas on it to keep the swelling down. But I didn't have anything in mind particular. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to follow up and talk no. about how... No. just... You just... Somebody out there is going to think you actually had a genital mutilation surgery. It's going to kick off a new series of emails. Are people that dumb that they take sarcasm online it's seriously, not the, It's James? not that they can't that take sarcasm at, at face value. It's that it's you. Like, I wouldn't put, put anything <laughs> past you. Literally anything. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> for everyone concerned about my genitals at home, they are fully intact. <laughs> despite my advanced age, <laughs> still seem to function adequately, oh. as per Mrs. Steve. And we just lost our last two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you just kept following, James. You kept following. What am I going to do? Oh, I thought maybe you'd go in a more innocent direction and, you know... Enlighten them as to what actually happened. But we're just going to stick with genital mutilation. So what? Whatever. It was. I, it, what actually it, happened is even more disturbing than that. <laughs> that's that's the problem with you. Is the truth is worse than the lies, which are worse than the other truth. It just there's this layer upon layer of disgusting disappointment. And I don't know where to cut it off. But I guess you have some other story that's somehow slightly less disgusting than that one. So please <sighs> get to that story, the one that actually is safe for the air. <laughs> I don't have a specific story. I needed to come up with a topic in seven seconds because, A, I knew you wouldn't, and, B, it was right there for me. And it's a good one to talk about because everybody has had a moment where they were praying for death that was probably less painful than the one they were experiencing. But I have had the flu probably three times in my life. Hmm. Uh, and the first time was the worst. I was in my 20s, I remember. And I was studying for the GED to try to get into graduate school. And so I was taking these practice tests one after the other and studying vocabulary words. And I, I remember I was at the kitchen table and I couldn't even sit upright. Like I didn't have the energy to sit upright. And I remember just laying in bed thinking I should be studying, but like everything in my body hurt and I couldn't fall asleep. And it was just... That is probably the peak of the misery index in my life. The other two times I had the flu, I was married. So it was nice <laughs> because then my wife like sent me to the other bedroom and said, stay away from her. I was going to say, I, I don't understand there's how no way work, she but... nursed you in any way. Like no, She probably just no, left no, no, you no. to die. <laughs> I explained to her that my mother would have taken care of me. And it was as the door was shutting while she was backing out of the room. I, I don't know, James. I, I, I would make a much better wife. That's all I'm saying. I uh, I have a ba very bad history with illness in terms of just like working through it and ignoring it. So the thing you have to understand about me is I didn't always embrace my apathy as much as I do now. <laughs> and there was a point in my life where, where I tried at things. And like I tried really hard at school because I was under the mistaken assumption that school mattered. Like I should have talked to Steve Olivas like 20 years ago, maybe, oh, maybe 25. So anyway... They gave out an award for perfect attendance, which is the stupidest award you can possibly give because it just incentivizes you to go to school sick or alternately yeah. punishes you for things that are completely beyond your control. Well, I don't think, <laughs> I honestly don't think I missed a day of school 
between fourth or fifth grade all the way through high school. I know for sure I didn't miss Holy a single day in high school. Smokes. But the thing is, I would sometimes get the flu or be sick in there. I remember there was a time I just I couldn't lift my head off off the desk, but I wasn't going to complain and get set in the office. And the, the, the teachers knew what kind of student I was, so they just left me there. I remember another time in high school I got the flu, and I like went to the bathroom, like threw up in the middle of the day, and then just got back to it. And you know what? Oh, I got no. my I got my stupid perfect attendance award, which was stuffed in a folder and eventually just thrown away. Like it was the most pointless accomplishment ever. And I'm glad that I mean my my kids' school just recently finally did away with that because it just incentivizes you to hide illness. It's it's, it's the dumbest award <laughs> ever. But I didn't get sick that much. Be, I mean, okay, let me, let me clarify. Like low level sickness, like allergies or a cold or whatever, like. I would be stuffed up consistently for two or three months every fall and every spring. Like, that would happen every time. But actual throwing up flu, I did not get that much. Um, so that's why I was able to kind of work through it when it did happen. Uh, but one time I remember I finally got it was when I was out of school and working at the newspaper. Yeah. You want, you want to know where working hard at school gets you. You end up at a newspaper, <laughs> the worst job in the world. Making 18 grand at the newspaper. Oh, yeah. and I hated that job with every fiber of my being. And once I got, and there was a day I got, I had the flu. And I was so happy to be throwing up and not going into work. And the second day, the second day, it was like borderline. I could keep down solid foods. I was like, no, I'm not going in today either. I got two days off work off that flu. And it is the happiest I have ever been to be sick. Wow. I See, I'm, I've never worked for somebody. So if I don't work, I don't get paid. That's kind uh, of the way my life has always gone. So I'm always working. <laughs> And that, that's why this, for a psychologist, the Zoom thing is perfect. Because even if I'm sick, it doesn't matter. We'll just have the online and I pretend I'm fine. <laughs> just just but, prop you up with a stick so you don't fall over mid-fall. <laughs> that's right. I'm making like newspaper man salary now. But uh, when I was in high school, I had strep throat. And I, I, I remember it felt like razor blades when I oh. would swallow. It, I wasn't sick sick, but my throat was inflamed. And then the medicine the doctor gave me made me break out in an itchy rash. Like I was scratching and had like welts and hives all over my body. <laughs> I had a plastic ruler at home. And I remember scraping that back and forth on my forearms and just feeling like it was uh, just a little piece of heaven. That's plastic ruler. But yeah, that's when uh, the... The cure was worse than the illness at that point because I was still sick and now I was itchy everywhere. The, the greatest illness in my family's like lore is one that I <laughs> mostly avoided. So we went back, uh, we'd go from Illinois to our homeland in Iowa a few times a year to visit our relatives. My, my mom is one of nine kids and so there's like 30 or 40 grandkids. It just spirals out of control every generation. So one time everybody was back there and it was either food poisoning or the flu. I think it was the, the consensus is it was probably the flu. It somehow, it ran through that house of, it's like a small ranch house of like a hundred people in it. And it hit just everybody. And most people had traveled so you couldn't just like hop in a car and go home. They were too sick to survive, you know, a, a six or seven hour car ride. That would be miserable people throwing up. So everyone was just like on their deathbed all over the place and apparently I just isolated myself in the basement and I avoided all of this illness by just cutting off all contact with everybody else in my family and uh, when COVID uh, rolled through the first time the newsletter you're referring to we recently had a, a positive test for one of my kids which you know may or you know we, we did the two-week quarantine and all that somehow the rest of us were negative but we actually all had the COVID, and, this, and she didn't have any symptoms. None of us had any symptoms. But back right before COVID started, like 10 days before it started, we had all the COVID sim 
symptoms and it hit all of us. It hit all of us, but one kid. I went back and looked through those those newsletters. They're actually like a weird time capsule. And one of yeah. my kids did exactly what I did at my grandma's house. When everybody else was getting sick one at a time, she <laughs> locked herself in a room and just sat there with her tablet and ignored everybody. And as far as the records show, she did not get sick at that time. So uh, she, she may have inherited the survivalist gene from me. That's how whoever was king during the Black Death, uh, I heard this story that that's how he avoided getting it, was he avoided contact with all people, like uh, oh. his meals were left outside the door kind of thing, and mm -hmm. he just shut himself away from everyone. That was the only way to survive. Yeah, I mean, it, it killed like a third of Europe. It was kind of a big deal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, not, not something you want to mess around with. Deal. <laughs> yeah. Now, but, did you ever send one of your kids sick to daycare because you had to go to work that day? Ah, uh, kids' sicknesses are a total gray area, though. So, first of all, my <laughs> oh, kids yeah. had like a low-grade cold from birth until like age nine. Like every, you know, it just never really went away. Ironically enough, they never really cleared up until COVID hit because all of a sudden everybody was wearing masks and washing their hands and using hand sanitizer. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the colds they would get every year when they went back to school to the petri dish that's elementary school, they they didn't have that. But the thing with that is that like the kids, but they would get sick. And then you give, so they get like a fever 101 and they're laying around like they're dying. And then you give them Tylenol and like liquid Tylenol. And 15 minutes later, they're sprinting around the house, no fever, no symptoms whatsoever. So have I ever given my kids Tylenol so they could go there in perfect health and just wondered if it would last? Yes. I think. And, they, and they'll do that too. You know, they, they call you in the middle of the workday and it used to be a bigger deal. Back when we sent our kids to daycare in the before times, back before I, I, I achieved the dream of working from home. Yeah, they call the you and you like, you miss a whole day of work because, you know, your, your kid is there you know, at noon and they get call or, and you, you always have to like, it's a risk reward thing. You, you dope your kid yeah. up and it's like, yeah. are they going to make it through the day? Because if you do, <laughs> if you do it and they only make it like 20 minutes, like you've wasted more time taking them to daycare than if you just kept them home all day. Sure. But at the same time, you don't want to give up the day if you don't have to. So yeah, you, there's definitely some mental math involved. Are they really sick? Are they just whining? Is this a real fever? Is it? Yeah. So I've, I've played that game and every, almost every single time I've picked them up sick from daycare, you give them the Tylenol, they're back to normal it's like well that was a waste and clearly at daycare they could have given them that same tylenol had them back but i don't think they want the kids running around at 100 percent. like that's kind of self-defeating if i were in charge of a daycare and i had one kid who was mopey and tired i would leave that kid mopey and tired as much as i could because that's one kid sure. you can actually keep track of and that sure. is why i am a terrible parent boy it's interesting different family members getting sick versus me getting sick well, I remember we were on a ski trip. This is not too long ago, maybe five mm -hmm. or six years ago. And we had we were in Maine and we wanted lobster. And we each got a lobster. Apparently my wife's had something called red algae in it, which you can't taste, you can't see, and it doesn't die when it boils. <laughs> Interesting. And, uh, she, this is a thing like we read up on it. I never heard of it before either. I mean, I'm from a place where we eat real food that doesn't crawl around. But she ate it and got so sick for the entire ski trip, like hold her hair back all day while she's wow. vomiting in the toilet. She had to have lost 10 pounds. And me and the kids went skiing. <laughs> and the wife did not ski once. She wanted to come watch us for a little while. So she like passed out in the backseat of the rental car for two or three <laughs> hours and then came and like dragged herself to the foot of the hill to see my son do something stupid and wipe out and come down like Charlie Brown. But yeah, it was... Uh, she complains too, when my son was born, 
I took my mother-in-law to a hockey game that night, <laughs> like that she was in labor just before she gave birth. But in my mind, I was keeping her mother-in-law, or my mother-in-law, her mother out of her hair while she was going just through the misery of- To understand, of was she at home with some contractions and you didn't know if this was it or not? Or like she was in no. the hospital and you left yeah. to go to the hockey game? Yeah. yeah. Which, which one, yeah. A or B? She was in the hospital. Yeah. Wow. That, I, that, that is impressive. Now that's like, you know, back in the day when my, you know, my grandfather and his nine kids or whatever, you just dropped, uh, you just dropped mom off at the hospital and she gave you a call when she had the baby. Like, you know, you just came and picked her up and that was it. Like, I cannot even imagine how, and I, again, you're not quite as old as my grandfather, but there's not that much of a gap, but I, I still can't imagine if you did that in 2020, how that wouldn't be grounds for divorce. Like, Hey honey, I'm leaving you in the hospital alone to go watch a hockey game. Like, how did you, I, Everything about your marriage mystifies me. It really does. Why is this woman still with you? Also, isn't it cold when you go skiing? Like, was your wife just, like, frozen in the back of that vehicle, just sitting back there while you guys all skied? Or did you give her, like, a space heater or a fire or something? I'm not an animal. I mean, I gave her the keys. She could have the engine running and have the heater on. Come on. I mean, you're the guy who left her at the hospital when she was giving birth. Why would I assume you left her the keys? I'm assuming nothing with you from this point. Absolutely nothing. I was entertaining my mother-in-law. Now, my son was born in January, which is hockey season. My daughter was born in May, which is baseball season. And I do remember the day my daughter was born, the Cubs were playing the Phillies, and it was a day game. And I had (laughs) the TV in the delivery room while giving birth, had the Cubs game on. That uh, I, I remember for one of my kids, their their due date was right around the finale for Lost, and uh, we <laughs> real insisted that we not give birth right on that day, and we ended up real sure. close to it. I don't remember if it was on it, but the Lost finale ended up being one of the most disappointing, disappointing. TV finales I've ever watched, and I've tried yeah. to purge that show from my memory. But for the record, on delivery day, I was in the delivery room. Like, how how close were you to missing the birth? I my son was born probably. I don't know, seven in the morning. So I was there the last seven hours. I slept through a lot of it. But when it was time, I held a leg. I do what the husband does. So the real sickness we're discussing today is the sickness of the head. I don't know what's going on with you, but clearly all is not right up there. Um, on actual I am fl- not... Go ahead. I, I, I'm not good in medical emergencies. Like, I don't like it. I, stuff on the inside of your body is supposed to stay on the inside of your body, as far as I'm concerned. And you couple that with regular delivery. Like, I don't need to think of my wife's anatomy, that particular part, in that way. Like, I, I, I wanted very little to do with it, and I did what I needed to do just to get out and be done. You would you would be the the dad passing out in the late, in the delivery room, wouldn't you? I don't like like the kids. They like medical shows. My daughter wanted to be a vet. She went to this thing where she had to stick her arm up a cow's woohoo at one <laughs> point. Like I don't understand people who go into medical stuff. It's just it gives me the heebie-jeebies. And that's why you're a psychologist and not a psychiatrist, huh? Or no, that I, is and, you didn't have to correct. dissect the cadavers and do all that. Or did you have to dissect the cadavers? No, no. And in fact, I got kicked out of college when I was an undergrad because I couldn't make it through biology or chemistry. So other than the science part, I'd have been a pretty good doctor. (laughs) Was this specifically related to to, uh, dodging blood and other things, or was this just related to you and Miller Lite? Uh, We did have a brief dalliance. (laughs) 
to say, most of my throwing up, if I, if I were to stack up, especially in the last 20 years, times I've thrown up from the flu and times I've thrown up from alcohol, <laughs> alcohol would be the clear winner, especially there at like, the very end of college and right afterwards. There was a period where I was, you know, I waited until I was 21 to drink and I made up for lost time. One of the, I think the last time I threw, so the last few bouts of flu I've had, I, I avoided throwing up at all costs. But like the last one I remember actually throwing up, I was, I woke up and I was just so sick. I just like walking and moving was a burden. But I <laughs> yeah. have 95 kids in this house and I had to get them dressed. And I finally, I finally told my wife, I was like, you've, you've got to be the one to take them to daycare. I just can't go to work. I can't leave the house. She's like, well, you at least let me help me buckle them up in the van, which is, you know, like a four hour job. Like, all right, sure. help you load them all in the car seats. And I walk out there. helmet and a whip. And as I'm buckling them in the car seat, I, I throw up in the middle of the road. Oh, no. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> and that was all she wrote for me that day. I say it all the time. I don't know how single parents do it. Like, it is a, we only have two kids. You have 97. Like, how would you do that if Lola left you and you had the kids? Like she ran off with a circus freak or something. Like, I, I don't know physically how one person can do that. It's amazing yeah. to me. Well, a few years ago when they were, you know, half of them were in diapers and all of them were in car seats, it would have been impossible for one person. But now, now that they're a little bigger, um, you can you can do it on your own with just aggressive levels of neglect. Like my kids, if, if we don't <laughs> cook for them soon enough on the weekend, like they've learned to use the microwave, they learn to make themselves grilled cheese sandwiches and ramen, they'll just go and cook. And like huh. every time I feel like half like guilty because like, man, I'm a terrible parent. I didn't feed my kids and half like the greatest parent in the world because my kids just went. And cook for themselves like I was 24 before I could cook for myself and my kids can do it just because they want to eat sooner than what I was going to cook for them uh, so skills. you know it, it works out so anymore like it's safe to ignore them for hours at a time which is just amazing okay. now the next step is to be able to ignore them and leave the house just leave them alone here now we're, we're not <laughs> quite to that stage I think we could probably chance it every once in a while. I, I've gone like, you know, a few blocks away before for a few minutes at a time. Uh, my wife is a little bit nervous. We got to get the oldest kid a cell phone first. And also, you know, she's still 10 and, you know, the, she, she's equal parts responsible and, you know, like evil. Like there's still that desire to inflict <laughs> pain upon your siblings. And we don't always know which side's going to come out. Ooh. Like she probably, the kids would probably survive if we were gone for a few hours, but like we can't guarantee it. So we're not ready to flip that coin just yet. Uh, absolute power corrupts. Just yes. uh, remind yourself of that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, should we wrap this episode, James, or have you come up with another story in the meantime? I don't know. I feel like I've plumbed the depths of my illness. What are they? I guess I had my tonsils out when I was a kid, so I must have. You mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, strep throat earlier. I think mm -hmm. I got that all the time back then. And so I remember I, I got my tonsils out when I was at five or six, and I was out of school for a week. Like, now anymore, they don't really take out your tonsils that much at all. And if they do, they use, like, nanobots or, you know, robots or something, and they, <laughs> like, it, they like snip them out. It's like an in-and-out procedure. You're in the hospital for, like, an hour. It's, it's crazy how far medical science has come. And it's equally yeah. crazy that any of us survived back then, because everything back then, it seems like, <laughs> knocked you flat on your back for a week anytime they wanted to yeah. go in and do something. Yeah. All right. Uh, the last story I'll tell is just a, an anecdote, not a story, but I have not vomited since 1980. Whoa, I was 13 years old. That's very specific. Please explain. 
uh, Salem's Lot was on. I don't remember if it was part one or part two, but when it did air on network television, it was in two parts. Michelle Walzak, the girl I was uh, very interested in, who was not <laughs> interested in me, was babysitting that night, and I was supposed to call her. But point being that uh, I, I made it to the bathroom, and I remember I almost fainted. Like, my, my vision went black, and then I vomited. And that's the last time I have vomited. The most famous vomit that I've ever had, though, happened after my dad brought home like a half a sheet cake from a wedding. He played in a band and he would bring cake home. And I had most of that and like a jar of pickles and the sting was on that night. Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Point being, I vomited on that and I have literally not eaten a pickle since that day. Because I had, I yeah, it's funny how that works. I had I had a thing with chocolate donuts after church. So it was glazed donuts with chocolate oh. frosting on top. And yes. I used to eat like seven or eight of them after church. Like it's the yeah. consolation prize for being forced to go to church. At least you can eat your body weight and sugar. <laughs> oh, the Catholics love the donuts, man. And I Me ate too. like, yeah, I ate seven or eight of them. And I came home and I had the flu that day. And I don't think I threw up because of the donuts. The donuts are perfect. I threw up because of the <laughs> flu. And to this yeah. day, I have not had a, a, don a glazed donut with chocolate frosting. Really? Yeah, my 10-year-old's the same way with strawberries. She threw up strawberries once and she won't eat them now, but... I want yeah. to circle back to you not throwing up. Like, you drank enough yeah. to get kicked out of yeah. college that you never I know. threw up. I know. Maybe, it's maybe if remarkable. You maybe if you would have thrown up, you wouldn't have got kicked out of college. You just <laughs> a little bit of alcohol out of your system. <laughs> Boy, I never considered that point. It's interesting you bring that up. <laughs> ah, we could only go back and do it all over again. But no, I've never thrown up from alcohol, which is wow. a weird thing, too. Yeah. Everyone My you know who's gone to college has. My wife was the same way up until finally one time we had a weekend away from the kids and it happened. And when it happened for the one time for her, she made up for all of the years before. Oh, no. All at once. <laughs> That's a story for another time. <laughs> well, you certainly have your binge uh, getting ready to put your binge on this week because it's Halo Day, which means I believe it's your anniversary, right? No, no, it's just Veterans Day. Like, we have Veterans Day. Oh, Veterans and Day. The le release of new Halo games usually comes in early November. So one year, a new Halo game came out right before Veterans Day, and, a, me and my, a bunch of me and my friends had it off, and we're like, let's just day drink and play this game online together. And we turned it into an annual thing. Now, the one, a new game hasn't come out in many years, but we've just slowly turned this into our tradition that, you know, we just need an excuse to just be grossly <laughs> irresponsible in the middle of the day. Uh, but I'm glad I'm glad we could bring this all up. I just I, I, we needed to find a way to alienate our last few people sticking <laughs> around, and uh, we, we went to the grossest topic possible today. And this is this is the real test. If people stick around after this, they're here for life. If we can't drive them away with this episode, they they're never leaving. Uh, Judy P will be the only one in the crowd standing and applauding after this episode. I think he, even she might boo. I don't know. Or <laughs> we'll see. We'll have to check back with her. All right. Well, you've come to the end of the disgusting episode of Wrong and Wronger, and finally the pain is over. So until next week, where we open up another king can of pain on you, this is Steve, Dr. Steve Olivas. For James, my wife left me for a circus freak, and it was an upgrade for her break. Well, say thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, two wrongs can make a right.